Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for cancellation announcements. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I am a canceled Netflix show. Uh, how have you been? I've been good. I made uh, chili today. And uh, much improved from the last time because I didn't let it simmer for too long and therefore reduce all the way out uh, and then scald the bottom of my pot. Uh, in fact, the bottom of my uh, Dutch oven was clean. Ba- well, clean as in like i could wipe it and or like scrape out all the food and you know uh i could see the bottom of the pot and not just like a layer of uh baked on shit so uh the chili tasted great good uh that's it that's, that's what i did uh with that out of the way please tell me about uh your new board game mansions of madness i have a, a board game review to start the show so um we went to the dentist this week and got all checked out <laughs> and got uh, good news about our teeth and how wonderful they are. So as a reward, we bought we bought a board game. <laughs> yeah, so we were just I don't know. It's um our dentist is about forty five minutes from where we live, so you know we oh, just nice. got to get out of town for a little bit and explore around a new city. Uh, so I looked up on the Google and saw there was a, a, uh, board game store. So we went to check that out. Uh, and I picked up a copy of Arkham Horror Mansions of Madness, uh, which is great. It's a, it's a Cthulhu Mythos game. Sure is. It's really interesting. I've never played a, a game quite like it. So like it has the board game, but it also has, uh, like an app so like you can download it on steam or like on your smart device and huh. you play that you choose what scenario you're going to play it tells you like what like room tiles to put out to build the mansion and like guides you through the scenario of like what the story is so like you you take on the role of an investigator trying to find out what a cult's doing and like monsters appear and you have to fight them and try to maintain your sanity and your physical well-being um with mixed results yes of course and uh yeah it's good it's uh it's really cool it's something i think that we'll play quite a bit um it is on the pricey end so like if you're a board game enthusiast uh you probably already know that like Board games cost a decent amount of money, but like this, this was like a ninety dollar game. Jeez, which is actually now the most I've spent on a board game. Because previously I had bought an eighty dollar game, mm-hmm. which was uh, Betrayal Legacy, which I also highly recommend. But uh, yeah, Mansions of Madness is cool, and there's like all different expansions and stuff that you can buy for it that. Add new scenarios and new rooms and monsters and all kinds of stuff. Huh. So if you're into the Cthulhu mythos or... Uh, hi. 
um, interesting gameplay or just like being spooped and it's the spoopy month, uh, check it out. Okay. And uh, while the app is free, you cannot play the game without the physical board game. So it won't make any sense. So nice try. Nice try. Guy. Sorry, Ashley is watching uh, Stranger Things again in in the living room, and I can hear all of it. Uh, I give Mansions of Madness four tentacles out of a possible five. Ooh, nice. Uh, Hold on, let me tell Gerald to fuck off real quick. (laughs) I don't know. I think, uh, like, game designer would be a dream job for me, so I'm a sucker for uh, an interesting and elegantly designed game, so. There you go. Uh, I I yeah. told Gerald this is now the, going to be in the episode. So uh, oh, there you go, Gerald. Uh, we were recording the episode, so this is the proof. Hmm. Gerald says, "Fuck Netflix party." I'm curious as to why. Okay. Uh. So yes, game. Uh, how did the Netflix party go? Did you watch Killer Clowns? With I Gerald? of course did watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space with Gerald. Now of course I watched. And I that. was in bed. Yeah, you're a, a lame boy. And I'm, I'm a, a fun, exciting boy. Stiff. Yes. Uh. So, uh, shout out to the Working Stiff podcast. Uh. So, like, you know, I'm not gonna talk about it because we literally talked about it last month. But you know, everyone, it was me, Gerald, Christiani, and Drew Hallam, and then oh, pizza came up, and like everyone freaked out. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite gift, gif, gift. It's a gift. Sorry, I had a stroke. That's fine. I feel like that would be one of those movies that I would want to go to like uh a re like a, a, a theater watch party for. And then like Yeah. If I, if I was running the event at the O Pizza, I would just have like boxes of pizza come out. <laughs> what you need to do is uh have a double feature of that with Rocky Horror. So when everybody gets their their props for Rocky Horror, like their newspaper and their rice and their like noisemakers and what have you and their playing cards, uh, you also just give them a box of pizza and some cotton candy and popcorn and stuff that they can fucking fling around. Yeah. During uh, during Killer Clowns. Actually, you give them all that stuff in a box of pizza. Like you just get yeah. some pizza boxes, you hand them all that stuff. You're like, oh, pizza. It would be a pain in the ass to clean up after, but like honestly, if there was a business that did that, I would patronize them every week. That would be so fun. Loisos, if you're listening, uh, this is a good idea for the Alamo for whenever you do your your Terror Tuesdays again. So you're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome? All right. Uh, well, with all of that out of the way, why don't we uh, talk about some Swill that we're having in What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I'll throw it to you first. I'm I'm having a Little King's Cream Ale. This is 5.5% alcohol by volume, and my wife bought this because it comes in a... My wife! Uh, She bought this because it comes in a... (laughs) It is. Um, It comes in a cute little seven-ounce bottle. 
uh it's it's just little and little and it fits right it fits right in <laughs> i don't know if you have had a cream ale or if you enjoy cream ales it's it's got a nice bitterness to it um you know it's just it's just little and little and it's cute and it's little and it fits right in uh you did say that uh i like cream soda is there any similarity not really no okay you know, I say I like cream soda. It has been a hot minute since I've had some cream soda. Hard to find this this creamy soda. Yeah. They they have this thing down here called uh, Cheerwine, which is like Red Pop, basically. Oh, yeah. Cheerwine is the shit. That's like the, the, the state, the official state soft drink. <laughs> uh, as for me, I'm having a G&T. It's that simple. Uh, I had I finally killed off my six pack of uh, banquet beer while watching some football today, so uh, that's done. I have there's that uh what the what kind of stout was it? It was it's some kind of stout that I have uh, that is I have three bottles left of in the fridge. It's just like I can't chug through that like a, an entire six pack of banquet beer. Like banquet beer is just real easy to drink. Uh, stout like. Heavy stouts are just like, all right, you have one, and then you're out for the rest of the day. <laughs> so, back to something light with a, a G&T. More botanist gin. Trying to knock that out. I don't know if I'll ever get botanist gin again, because, you know, it's fine. But, like, it's nothing like uh, Bombay Sa- uh, Bombay Sapphire or uh, Tanqueray Rancor, so. Which, uh, again, thank you, Gerald, for the second your second shout-out of the episode. For getting me onto Tanqueray Rangpur. I wish Gerald would get me into an alcohol. I need to come visit him, I guess. And while you're there to visit him, you can visit me. Soon. Soon. There's... There's still a disease there's a glo- going around. There's a global pandemic, Dan. Yeah. No, dude, I believe me, I am the last person to uh to complain about people not seeing him. I I live in an area where I don't see anybody. It's wonderful. I love this house. All right. Uh with all of that out of the way, let's talk about some uh cancellations in news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Due to COVID-19, Glow has been canceled and will not proceed to the fourth and final season. Kind of Unsurprising, but feels bad. I think it's a little surprising, just because it's like one of their more popular shows, and they did originally uh, renew it for a fourth and final season. So, like, I think that's a bit worse than like other shows where it's like we know we were supposed to get an end to it, and now we're not going to because right. of the the whole global pandemic thing. But it makes sense as to why they canceled it. Yeah. Um there's talk of uh a movie to wrap it up. But uh I mean with other Alice and Bree things, there's still talk of a community movie and yep. that's fucking never happening, so we'll see. May Netflix might be able to do it. I don't know. I think every everyone seems to be on board with wanting to do a movie, so I I'm sure Netflix will do it when it's cost effective for them to do such a thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think currently shooting because the weird thing is, apparently they already shot one episode. Huh. So like, why, why couldn't you just you know let them finish? Like they've already shot one episode. 
if they hmm, if they do it right, I think that like a movie could be better and more profitable for them than just doing another season. And like they could finish and release that episode and be like, this is the the prequel for the movie. You have to watch yeah. this, this episode of the show and it's a tie in and uh, the money train keeps rolling. Yeah, and then you do it like Sense8, where you basically say, oh, new episode's out, and then it's just a two-hour movie. Because, like, yeah. that's, what, four episodes right there? Uh, four typical episodes of Glow? I think, And you just cut out a lot of filler stuff, because, let's be clear, they have a lot of filler stuff and a lot of episodes. But uh, I, th- I think that's doable, yeah. Like you said, just do the first episode, or do the one episode they shot. It's like, uh, hey, here this is, movie's coming in, like, Late 2021, we'll say, you know, or TBD based on COVID. And then they release a two hour movie at some point. Yeah. See, we're smart. We are. Uh, Speaking of uh, smart things, uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters was also canceled. Uh, So I watched one episode, went, oh, I like this show. And then proceeded to uh, get busy doing anything else and didn't finish watching. Oh. So I, I'm, I'm the so problem. So you did it. Yeah, I'm, I did it, guys. It's my fault. This show got canceled. That said, all jokes aside, this got canceled within two months of release, which for me typically means that it had low viewership and no one yeah, was really no watching one watched it. it. Uh, someone, I saw someone on a Twitter thread, uh, who was, you know, the hashtag save teenage bounty hunters, that kind of shit. Uh, someone counted out that Netflix only did seven social media posts for them all year, uh, since like release, which I don't know. That seems, that does seem kind of low, but also it's been out for, it, the show was out for two months at when that person totaled them up. So I'm sure that's, like, the normal amount of social media posts that Netflix puts out for anything. I think that person also compared it to, like, Stranger Things, which is, like, a terrible comparison. Like, you don't co- you don't compare anything hmm. on Netflix to Stranger Things unless you're trying to show how successful it is by showing what a percentage of Stranger Things posts or, like, numbers are to that thing. Like, oh, this got 60% of Stranger Things uh, streams. That's good. No, you, like you don't compare. Like I, I don't think the marketing for those two things are compatible. Right. Obviously, it's Netflix's cash cow. This is the reason people, a lot of people, have Netflix in the first place is to watch Stranger Things. And uh, I don't think anybody bought Netflix being like, "Oh my god, I love Teenage Bounty Hunters." <laughs> Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. That was that was the original comic title that it was based off of. So, uh believe me when I remember hearing about that title and I went, "Oh, well that's probably a terrible title. And they should probably <laughs> oh, change that." Oh no. <laughs> they should probably change that title. Yeah. Well, they did and it still didn't save the show. No. Um Let's see here. Uh Netflix is testing a feature to remove the are you still watching prompt. Uh please yeah don't even test it just put it out also give just give me full control of the platform like let me choose whether or not you like skip the credits yeah because sometimes that's a problem yeah 
Although, um, uh, it's not a spoiler for our main review topic, but like the four the forty year old version, like it had some mid credit stuff that you know went through, and then uh, after the mid credit stuff was up, the stuff like, hey, watch this next because we want you to, popped up. So like it, it at least has respect. It, it's learn. Netflix as a platform is learning respect for its own programs. Yeah, most of the stuff though that's not Netflix original, it's not that clever with. Yeah, like I don't know. It seems like it's worse with stuff that's not Netflix original, but. Uh, I mean that kind of makes sense. They're just like, eh, fuck you. We don't care about these. These are here because you guys watch them, and then we'll watch <laughs> something else of ours. Uh, let me check our Netflix real quick to see if any if there's anything else but bitching posts. Yeah, that is that is a feature that I would like. Top three posts are all about The Witcher. Uh, Mark Maron wants a two hour movies finale. Yeah. Oh, apparently Netflix's price is going up by uh, one dollar in Canada to fifteen dollars Canadian a month. So let's do some quick Man, money conversion. That's like $37 American. Actually, I don't know what that is. Is that like 12 bucks American? I don't know. Is there just no Canadian dollar? Well, oh, there we go. Canadian dollar to regular dollar. <laughs> to correct dollar. Uh so the Canadian dollar is uh, uh the Canadian dollar is uh basically 3 quarters of the American dollar. Like so 75 cents in America will get you a dollar in Canada. So a $1 <laughs> so it's a $76 price or $76 76 cent price hike uh to $15 which is in essence uh $11.42 which the Hey, it was pretty close with my 12 yeah, so it, I mean that's what the U.S. price is twelve, uh, and that's a little bit less. So, uh, welcome to you know industry standard. Welcome to me welcoming you to things. Shut up! This is what this is my gimmick. Ashley gets on me all the time about this, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> welcome to hopping places. <laughs> There's that. I welcome. So she actually kept a running tally of all the places I welcomed her. I'm like, welcome to the '80s. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Welcome to welcome to Earth. That kind of stuff. <laughs> I always welcome people to the Netflix and Swole podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I was hoping you were going to say, I'm Caleb, and then I would have said something, and then we would have gone in an infinite loop. <laughs> uh, I'm Bizarro Stormy. I'm regular Stormy. <laughs> all right, uh, with all this silliness out of the way, it's time to talk about some trailers this week in Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. If you would all like an update on where Ashley is in Stranger Things, she's at the high, she's at the middle school dance, of, at the end of season two. All right. Uh, our first trailer this week is for Blood of Zeus. Uh, in a brewing war between gods of Olympus and the Titans, Heron, a com- a commoner living on the outskirts of ancient Greece, becomes mankind's best hope of surviving an evil demon army when he discovers the secrets of his past. Um, I'm guessing he is the blood of Zeus. Correct. Uh, Zeus is his dad. Shocker, everybody. Zeus got around. If you're familiar at all with with Greek mythology, you know that Zeus has like a million bastard children on Earth. 
Yeah. Uh, basically, in Greek mythology, like if somebody became pregnant, uh, Zeus was like, "I swear, I was on Olympus the whole time," <laughs> and uh, and Hades is like, "No, I saw you here," and Hera's like, "No, I saw you there," and uh, it was it was Zeus the whole time. This is animated. I can't wait for people to call it anime. I think they might have. I think Netflix already might have <laughs> called it anime, uh, which already infuriates me. It's the same art style as Castlevania. Like it looks. If it's not b- done by the much, same production yeah. company, it you know they're they're basically drawing from it. Yeah, I don't know. It looks fine. Uh, yeah, this looks fine. I might be excited about it at some point. The second trailer is for Grand Army. Five students, five stories, one fight for their future. Hashtag we are Grand Army. Um, fucking high school is very serious. These problems matter. <laughs> uh, it's true. Although it does seem to be talking about some social issues, which like, okay, I, I get it. I understand. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it it looks like it could be okay, but I don't know. I don't know, Caleb. I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know either. Uh, speaking of things that I don't know how to feel about, uh, our next trailer is for Mank. 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated through the eyes of scathing social critic and alcoholic screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz, portrayed by Gary Oldman, as he races to finish the screenplay of Citizen Kane. Um, this also has Amanda Seyfried in it, so I like the cast, anyway. Yeah, uh, directed by David Fincher. Yep, I can't wait for Nick to tell me all about this. I can tell you right now, this is the main review topic, and Nick's going oh, to be yeah. on that episode. Hooray! Maybe I'll watch Citizen Kane. Where? I wonder if, is Citizen Kane anywhere to stream? Oh, it's on HBO Max! Perfect! I have that! Hooray, me too. Apparently South Park's on there now, too. Yeah. It was too controversial for Hulu. Wait, really? Yeah, that's... Hulu, uh... Took it off. There's still, like, a placeholder page on Hulu for it, but they have no episodes of South Park on the platform anymore. That's fucking stupid. Okay, whatever, Hulu. Fucking you do cowards. You. you do you, Hulu. There's a reason no one likes you. Alright, our next trailer is for... If I could pull up the Google Doc. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries Volume 2. Caleb, do you have any interest in revisiting Unsolved Mysteries? Uh, here's six more short mysteries. Here's another quick mystery. <laughs> I don't know. I'll watch it. Sure, why not? Uh, looks like one is about Japanese ghost, uh, which is my least favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? <laughs> Swords. Oh shit! <laughs> oh fuck, man! I think that was the best thing that I ever made for this show. Was whenever we, uh, I did the Nazi zombie thing of that when we did uh, Dead Snow. Dead Snow. I'm I'm very very funny and smart. That's one way to put it. Uh, our, our final trailer is for Rogue City. This is a, a French movie with Jean Reno. Uh, noted man from, uh, what the fuck, Leon the Professional? Or just Leon if you're a, a person outside of the U.S.? Leon, help! Sorry. 
I don't get it. Oh, uh, Resident it's Evil. From Resident Evil, yeah. Still have never played a Resident Evil game. You've never played a Resident Evil game? Not once. Huh. Interesting. I would recommend Revelations, but only if you play it on the 3DS. Okay. Uh, what did you think of Rogue City? Mm, it's fine. Yeah, I agree. It looks fine. So this is a thriller, but then it has like this stupid like hip hop thing through it, like the song through the trailer, and it's like this isn't very thrilling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh yeah, so it's a Rogue City. Watch it if you want. Don't if you don't want to. No one's going to No one's going to hate you either way. Uh with that, let's uh hop. I'd, I'd rather watch Chocolate City. <laughs> How Remember many movies that movie? are in that franchise? Let's find out. <laughs> Alright, so the first Chocolate City is on Tubi. And it has a 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb. God bless. Uh, Chocolate City Vegas Strip is available on Netflix. And that's a, a thing on the Wikipedia article. Uh, it was released strictly to Netflix. Chocolate City Vegas Strip. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Okay, uh, we have we have yet to receive our our third Chocolate City movie, uh, and being that you know it's uh 2015 to 2017 to 2020, uh, we're waiting. <laughs> we need this already. All right, so with uh, Chocolate City update uh, uh officially finished, it's time to hop into some quick hits and talk about some stuff we watched this week. <laughs> Uh, so we'll start with you, I guess. What did you watch? Uh, I watched The Girl with All the Gifts. This is a movie I've been wanting to watch for a very, very long time, uh, since it was like, I think I first saw it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it stars Gemma Arterton and Glenn Close and a bunch of other British people. Uh, Glenn Close is not British, which is the weirdest part about this movie. Like, uh... I guess they didn't feel like Gemma Arterton was a big enough name, and that's probably true, considering that uh, I only know her because of the Prince of Persia movie, which is a real thing. She's very beautiful in that movie. Uh, Regardless, this movie is about... (sighs) Eventually, uh, we find out that there's this one girl who uh, is, like, half zombie. Like, she's a normal girl. Until, uh, like... From from the waist up. Oh, God, no. Uh, no. God, no. <laughs> She's a normal girl uh, until, like, she can smell humans. Where, like... Uh, so, like, all the all the people are wearing, like, this, this smell blocker kind of thing that makes them not smell, like, tasty morsels to zombies. So, like, okay. 90% of the movie, she's a normal girl. But then, like, there's that 10% of the movie where she goes, like, sort of feral, but she's able to kind of control it. It's this weird state. It's interesting. Uh, and it's basically like a fungal infection has, you know, come over the planet. And, uh, you the know. The Last of Us. It, it, this borrows heavily from The Last of Us. Like, heavily, heavily from The Last of Us. Uh, so, it's kind of about, like, the science of it. And, like, so we see them, like, experimenting on these kids and being like, hey, how how much like us are they? And it turns out, very like us. So uh, they, they, they're they trying to use these kids 
who are half who are half fungal uh, to develop a cure, uh, which re- results in having to remove the brain. I wonder if this sounds familiar at all. As it's still, oh, I'm sorry, it's still the Last of Us. We're still at the Last of Us, uh, and Gemma Arterton and the girl form a, a bond. You don't want to hear about it here, but it's like the Last of Us. So if you want to watch the Last of Us in a movie with uh actually pretty much almost exactly the exact same story beats uh this is the movie for you so the next time someone tells you they can't do a last of us movie they already did it with the the girl with all the gifts i like it though it's a it's a good movie it does remind me a lot of the last of us but uh, and that's not a bad thing cuz that's a a good story uh and that's it what did you watch all right well uh i watched coneheads uh this is the Lorne Michaels directed comedy, which is uh, adapted from the Saturday Night Live skit about the Coneheads characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Dan Aykroyd as uh, an alien with a big pointy head and acting very strange. And uh, it's like non sequitur the movie because uh, he just doesn't fit in with Earth society. Correct. Um, yeah, it's fine. There's there's some good uh there's some good gags in here. Uh I think the funniest part is whenever he's like in a locker room and he like drops his towel and he's going for the shower and people are like freaking out and then like the camera zooms out and shows him from behind and uh he doesn't have a butt crack. Like his butt is just like a flat piece of skin and mm-hmm. uh it's funny. So it, it makes you wonder what the front side looks like that everybody was freaking out. Okay. Uh, I've literally never seen this. Yeah. Eh. That's fun. I don't know. Uh, Chris Farley's in it. I don't know. A lot of the the Saturday Night Live uh, alumni of the time are in it. Like David Spade. Uh, Adam Sandler's in it briefly. Sinbad is in it. Okay. Yeah, it's Wait, fine. Sinbad it's was fun. on SNL? It's a fine movie. Uh, I don't know that he was, like, he hosted a few times. I don't think he was a cast member, but he oh, is okay. in the film. I was going to say, he doesn't seem like he came from SNL. Now, of course, my only experience with Sinbad is the movie Jingle All the Way. So, <laughs> who the fuck knows? Uh, I also watched Muppets Most Wanted. Uh... Which I really like the Muppets. This is uh, not nearly as good as the other recent Muppets film, which this is a direct sequel to. But uh, it's still fun. Okay. The plot involves uh, Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog, escaping from a Russian gulag and uh, switching places with Kermit. And so Kermit goes to the gulag. And Constantine is with the Muppets uh, doing heists, and the Muppets uh, have to crack the case and get Kermit back. Okay. Uh, This is where the meme template comes from of Kermit standing in the fog and facing himself, but in a black robe. If if you've ever seen that meme template, it's like like me and like other me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh the the bad frog has like a thick accent, so like he walks in, he's like, Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. 
No, I just I started slipping into just regular Kermit. Let me see Correct. if I can do it. Hey ho, Kermit the Frog here. I don't know. It's like a it's like a thick German accent. I can't really do it without actually just uh splitting the difference between that and Kermit. Gotcha. Boy, that's horribly embarrassing. <laughs> Nuclear missiles. Yeah, yeah, it's more like that. Okay. Um yeah, I don't know. It's fun. The Muppets are fun. The Muppets are fun. Yeah. I wish that, uh, I don't know, it's, as, as like, uh, a diehard Muppets fan, like, it's it's hard watching them go through uh, a series of failed reboots. I, I wish that people cared more about the Muppets. Now, did you watch, or, or are you aware of the Muppets show that was on NBC for a while? I did watch it, and uh, I did enjoy it. I don't. I don't know if I really get the concept they were going for because it was like, "Hey, let's do a a show that's still just the Muppets, but it's for uh, adults who were once children who liked the Muppets." Well, it's basically like Thirty Rock, like, but the Muppets. Yes. So they had like the goofy gags and stuff, and then like after they filmed a show, Kermit and Fozzie would go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, sure, if that's what you want to do. It's not my intellectual property, so. I mean, good for them. They tried their hardest, I think. I don't know. Also, you would probably hate this movie because Ricky Gervais is in it, in a prominent role. Oh, in a prominent role? I think that's why yeah. I didn't watch it. Because I, I have seen the first Muppets movie. Uh, okay. Uh, but I think I saw this and went, oh, Ricky Gervais. I don't know, Tina Fey's in it. She's good. I'll take your word for it. All right. Um, why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we will hit you with our main review topic for the week, which is the 40-year-old version. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Justin Esquivel, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into our main review topic for the week. The 40-Year-Old Version. The 40-Year-Old Version is a comedy-drama film that is new on Netflix. Uh, It is a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Rada is a down-on-her-luck New York playwright who is desperate for a breakthrough before turning 40. Reinventing herself as rapper Rodimus Prime, she vacillates between the worlds of hip-hop and theater in order to find her true voice. Uh, this is written and directed by Rada Blank, who is the main character and plays herself, which is interesting. So, 
So a bit of a autobiography. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, what did you think of the forty-year-old version? Uh, I like it. It's, and I think the overall message of the movie ultimately is that you know, it's not a movie for like about uh, poverty porn, as she puts it. It's not like she's you know super struggling in in terms of like trying to live. It's just like oh, she wants to make a living as a playwright and uh, you know struggling as a creative as opposed to you know, struggling, like, uh, Mudbound. Mudbound's a perfect example of, like, uh, a poverty porn kind of movie where this family works on a farm and is very dirty, uh, and, like, their son goes off to war. Like, it's, like, kind of a critique on how white people view black art and, like, how we connect to black art the most, which is mostly through, like, you know, uh, a black person being down with their luck as opposed to them just being, like, you know... Not down yeah. on their luck, but like medium luck. Yeah, it's um also like she doesn't want to just make it when she wants to make it in like her chosen profession, mm-hmm. which like uh they do a good job of highlighting that in the scene where she's talking with her brother. Uh she's like, you know, both of our parents were artists and they could never quite make it and they you know, they struggled to make ends meet and worked, you know, this job and that job and whatever, but they didn't really get to do, they didn't get to live their passion. And her brother's just like, well, yeah, but they were happy. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I liked this quite a bit. I, um, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Like, uh, I don't know. We watched the trailer and, uh, like I didn't really, I don't know if I just didn't pay attention or what. I thought this was like an actual like autobiographical piece. Mm-hmm. Uh but I was delighted to find that it was uh actually a, a pretty smart comedy film. And uh it was fun. I had fun. Yeah. Um it it kind of overstays its welcome. Like it it starts to drag a bit in the third act, but like there's some really good comedic material in especially in the first half. Yeah, I, I saw when I first flicked this on, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be an hour and a half, it's gonna be no problems. And then I was like, two hours. And then it was two hours. So like I'm not I don't wanna say like it shouldn't have been two hours, but there there is a good portion of this not a good portion. There's like bits and pieces that probably could have been cut out. And I think that's also like she references that in the movie herself when she's talking about her play Harlem Ave, where it's like, well, the producer's like, wow, this is like two hours. Like, this is like too long. Like, it, cut it down a bit, you know, add some add some stuff, but cut it down. So yeah. so maybe there, there's something like that. But, but uh, I mean, when something is a passion project, when like, like this so clearly was for her, like... Mm-hmm it becomes a piece of you and like, it's, it's hard to make that decision. You don't want to like kill your, your darlings. You know what I mean? Right. You feel like every, like it's a piece of you. So therefore every part of it should matter. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the decision to go black and white for this? Uh, it was interesting. It, that's always, uh, an interesting stylistic choice when people make that in movies like because it's clearly for artistic intent mm-hmm. um it's not strictly black and white like they have parts that are in color for like emphasis uh notably a 
a very, very quick shot of a hand jiggling around a pair of prosthetic testicles. Oh, yeah. Which I hope they're prosthetic testicles. Uh, but, like, they just do little, like, cutaways like that that are in color. And then, like, the final scene of the movie's in color. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It kind of gives it, like, a clerk's effect. So... Yeah, it's more like from the heart kind of thing. Like, Kevin Smith did that, not as an artistic choice, but, like, out of necessity, because, like, they couldn't print color for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't want to say this is what it felt like, but when... It it ties back to, like, the finale of the movie, but, like, she wants to self-fund, so it feels like this was a self-funded movie, and therefore it was... The black and white was done out of necessity. Uh, And to mention your inner cuts, like, that reminded me a lot of, like, a Spike Lee, like, I've only seen one Spike Lee movie, The Five Bloods, yeah. and it was very it felt very much like that with what they were doing with like pictures and such. There's there's a lot of cringy fucking white people moments in this. Oh my god. Uh so the her producer, Jay Whitman, which let's be clear, one letter off from uh, Jay White man. Yeah, and also the oldest man in the universe. Well, so he was, I recognize him from uh, House of Cards. He was uh, Kevin Spacey's VP whenever he got, you know, promoted to, to president in season three. Uh, Donald, Donald Blythe, that's it. It's been so long since I watched season three of House of Cards, but I, I recognize him. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. That's cool. Yeah, he is, uh, <laughs> he, he's a big, his character is a big yikes. Like, I, I cringed almost any time he spoke because he is embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I'm embarrassed to be the same race as that man. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I think the other thing is, like, oh, like, yeah, there, there's some, there's some discussion on, like, what black creators and artists go through in order to make something and, like, what they have to do in order to get something produced for them. That's that part, but then there's also that part where I think it applies generally to certain creatives where it's like, all right, uh, how much of what I'm doing can be my message if I have a producer? Because like we see her play seemingly it's like wholesale change due to what a producer wants to do versus like what her vision is. Like and this goes back to kind of like what Netflix was and has been known for is that like they'll just let creators create for them. They'll just be like, hey, do whatever you want. Here's some money. Do whatever you want with a movie. Go for it. Yeah, and it it is uh you know, I'm Mr. White Man <laughs> and I'm here to tell you about, you know, the black experience. Yeah. It's definitely got like that heavy uh layer of satire like that, so Oh, 100%. I don't know. There, there's also that that whole message about uh, living up to expectations. Like she mentions multiple times, she was like a thirty under thirty. Like she's one of those people that like she did something when she was younger that everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is, this is gonna be the next big playwright." And then she's just kind of like languished in like development hell because you know uh, either things haven't worked out for her or uh, just you know she's not writing the right scripts or she's not finding the right producers and her messages are getting you know hacked to shit by by jay whitman's of the world it's also in a lot of ways about like the struggle to maintain artistic integrity 
which is basically impossible. Like if somebody does give you a shot and they're funding it, like they want you to do your project their way. Right. And it becomes no longer your project. Um, I really like um uh what the fuck's his name? D Archie? Uh no, her best friend. Archie. Archie, yeah. You just didn't recognize him because he didn't have a blue bandana and uh he wasn't trying to get Kyogre to uh reign over the entire world. <laughs> uh it's a good joke. Enjoy that, Pokemon fans, but <laughs> But yeah, she's like, uh, she's talking to him and she's like, well, it's not even my play anymore. And he's like, but the next one will be. And she gets pissed off and storms out. But it's, I mean, it's kind of true. Like you have to, and that's something you hear about so often in Hollywood is like, you know, this person's a big star, but like they do like two or three movies for like mass appeal and like to make the studios happy. And then in return, like, the studio lets them do one film that's just for them. Right. And they can have full control over it, so. Like, uh, look at Christopher Nolan's best example I can think of. Because, like, he did the Batman trilogy that he did. And that everyone, I mean, the first two, everyone lauds. Everyone loves it. But then, like, Inception comes out I in, in the middle of it. I am reckoning. Inception comes out in the middle of it. And then uh, Dark Knight Rises comes out. And it's very clear that Christopher Nolan has checked the fuck out. Because it's like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, you're gonna have to dub him if you don't make him more clear. All right, I'll just fix the fucking voice. Who gives a shit? So yeah, like, uh, it, it yeah, it feels like that where it's like she she might like she might have to do that kind of thing where it's like, all right, two for you, one for me, or three for you, one for me, or you know yeah. the the Rick and Morty way of like buy buy ten adventures, get one Morty adventure free. <laughs> in and out 20 minute adventure tops i don't know what else to say about this without spoiling it and like yeah. i feel like we've already pretty much covered what the thematic like the general thematic stuff is yeah i will say in terms of the raps like i i like her raps like what what becomes of it uh is i felt embarrassed for the character, not because like yeah. I, she's an embarrassing rapper, but because like what no, she's actually to very her good is just so awful. Uh, and like I, I think everyone's been there at some point and even been like ridiculed like she was. So, uh, you know, uh, and we at the very end we we do see her putting on a performance of the song she wrote, which everyone was into, like everyone loved it. So. Uh, I, I kind of like her, I don't know if it's poking fun at herself, but like her pointing out that, you know, she's, uh, you know, people, people screw up all the time. Like it, just because you've done something before doesn't mean it, it always works out for you. Tying back into the thematic elements of the, of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I actually thought, uh, you know, most of her raps were quite good. So yeah. Uh, until she has to do it for an audience and yeah. just says yo 40 times yo yo uh, uh because because somebody just had to get her to hit the fucking blunt before she went out and it's i mean that that kind of is like what happens to her is kind of the same effect that happened to me the last time i tried to smoke weed because like there was the shit that was we could get when I was in high school 
Uh-huh. And then there's the shit that they have now that's, like, engineered to be as potent as possible. Yes. And it just, like, totally kicks her ass. And she's just, like, not coherent. I think Ashley talks about it a lot. She's like, I, I, you know, you have to contend with a lot of stems and seeds, and now it's, like, premium shit that actually fucks you up as opposed to, you know, getting high off, like, mids and shit. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> I think I just want to smoke a bag of stems and seeds. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds real bad. All right. Uh, I know you did say we, we've talked about most of the movie that we want to talk about. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Like I said, I, I do definitely really recommend this. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't know. All right, what would you give the 40-year-old version? Uh, three and a half. I'm also going three and a half. All right. That's nice when, nice when we're in sync and we don't have to fight. When was the last time we did fight? Aside from me always bringing up that I fucking hate Stanley Kubrick movies in 2001 and Space Odyssey is a garbage can of a movie. It's because you don't get it. Sure. <laughs> but aside aside from that when i when i only bring it up to infuriate you when was the last time we've actually i don't think we've ever fought about a movie like we've disagreed but i don't think we've ever been like well fuck you then yeah it's definitely been a while it's fine we just respect each other's opinions it's okay uh speaking of which look out for that countdown episode where top 10 movies where your co-host is wrong <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I suppose let's uh let let me welcome you to the next ad break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh a fucking movie that Nick made us watch, which is called <laughs> Home Is Where the Killer Is. Oh hi, I didn't see you there. Well, nerds, geeks, and newcomers alike, we're the Shaken Not Nerd Podcast, where each week we review movies and video games and discuss. What's going on in the nerd world? With me, as always, is my co-host, Ian, the huge footlong Johnson. Hey, babes. The Tom. Hello there. And Ollie, also known as Big Red. Hi. And I'm your host, Doody Dutron. And this is us. About five minutes beforehand, I was talking to my friends, being like, they make me say I love Harvey Norman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm do- I'm not doing it. The second they said that, I'm like, I love it, Norman! Yes! <laughs> Pink just released a new album, which apparently is really Thank good. God. Title purple. Pink right. No. <laughs> Two in the. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find us, guys? Why are you looking at me this time? <laughs> well, I do believe you can find us on any relevant social media outlets. Or the podcast app of choice. Mm. Oh, there are a lot of good ones. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Shaking Not Nerd. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to get into a cautionary tale of Netflix uh, patron review. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Boy, that's that sure is the case. Uh, so, 
wonderful, awesome patron Nick Haskins from Epic Film Guys had us watch the movie Home is Where the Killer Is. Or I'm sorry, how 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 they spelled it out in in at the at the title credit was Home is Where the Killer Is. Nick is bastard man. Why Caleb hate? I was going to say the same thing. I legitimately was. I, I was thinking <laughs> that during like the first half hour of the movie, and like, am I going to do the always sunny thing? I'm going to do the always sunny thing. Uh, Home is where the killer is. Is a 2019 thriller. Uh, it's an hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> a merciful 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. And is from fucking Marvista Studios. Yep. Nicole Turner has seen better times. Having just survived a health scare and a painful breakup with her boyfriend Kyle, she is now facing eviction. When she finds a room for rent with former doctor Julie Thomason, she also discovers a new best friend. But Nicole doesn't realize how far Julie will go to keep control of this relationship and keep her from ever leaving. Yep. Uh... Turns out the the killer is the bad person from like you know you know from the very beginning. Uh, there's no twists, no turns. Uh, it's a straight progression of cause to effect. Well, they try. There's actually like one instance where it's like, oh, maybe she like she's the killer, but maybe she does have the best her like uh what whatever what's Nicole is that her name main character yeah. Okay, good. Uh, they, where it's like, oh, maybe she does have Nicole's best interest at, at, at heart because she says something and it's like, oh, I think this is happening. And then, much, like, 20 minutes later, the thing is actually happening in the movie. I was like, oh, okay. That's not terrible. Hmm. I don't know. I thought that uh, this wasn't the most offensive piece of shit that Marvist has made. No. Stacy Heideck, who played Julie in the movie... Uh, who is the killer? Um, I was looking at IMDb, and I guess the most notable thing uh, that she has done is uh, she's a longtime uh, soap opera actress. Yeah. Uh, so for like the last eleven years, she has been a soap opera actor actress, uh, which it's it's kind of impressive that for like a seven year span. Uh, she was on both Days of Our Lives and The Young and the Restless, um, which is fairly impressive because like those shoes, ha- those the shoes. shows have fairly yeah the shoe the shoes, um, those shows have fairly rigorous uh, filming schedules. But yeah, right. Like they're they're, so they're basically her, filming like same like the day it comes out. It's like uh, we're we're filming this. Yeah, like they they just crank out scripts. There's no like revisions. They just kind of get it on the fly and mm. keep moving forward and uh film every day. And it's like a full 9 to 5 thing producing it. Uh that's also why like the, there's a lot of like fixed camera angles and like recycling sets and stuff. And I, I I don't like soap operas, but I find the the way that they produce them to be interesting. Oh yeah, they're fascinating. It's like, it's like an interesting solution to a problem that didn't need to exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and uh, Nicole, I believe, is also from. She's also done some uh, daytime television work in soap operas. So, like, our uh, let's see, Kelly Krueger is yeah. her name. She also was from Young and the Restless. Look at that. Yeah. 
Uh, she was also in Blue Mountain State. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. I was like, oh, wow, Blue Mountain State. Good for her. Oh, she also was in The Bold and the Beautiful. More soap operas. So, like, there's actual acting talent here, and I think that's the least bad part about the movie is the actual acting. Like, I think the performances are believable enough. Uh, I think they are hampered by the dog shit script. This script is fucking atrocious. <laughs> but otherwise, I, I actually like the performances. I'm not going to say anybody's Oscar worthy out of them, but they were solid enough that it made me forget about how bad the script was at times. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Um, There's so much of this movie that, like, just needed to be excised or just, like, replaced with something that wasn't awful (laughs) yes like uh i don't know like just from the beginning it's so obvious where all of this is going i i don't know why they had to do this yeah there's no there was no real reason to drag it out really like Like, i know that who it was i know that mar vista has to keep producing movies to have like a legitimate front to their presumably money laundering business yeah marty bird is their ceo Wait, is that is that for real? Like they are probably no. laundering money. <laughs> no, I, I was just making a reference to Ozark, but I mean it's possible. Anything's possible in this in this day and age. I mean, I have to assume, but um, either that or they really just want to make movies and aren't good at it, or just like think they are. Well, that's the amazing thing about this movie is like you get some legitimate acting talent in it. But then you fill them with, like, the cheapest sets possible. Like, uh, they, at one point they go to a nightclub, and it's the nightclub is literally a place with some curtains, like some heavy velvet cur- curtains on the wall. <laughs> it looks like LEDs. somebody's living room. Yeah. Like, it's it's a pretty big room, but it's like, I think the garage, because like the, there's also a set that's, that takes place in a, in a garage. It's the antique store, uh, which was little, like, half of it. Like that was also co- half of it was also covered up by curtains. So like I feel like they shot the nightclub in one one half of that garage and then shot all of the daytime uh were at the store uh scenes in the in the other half at at possibly the same time. Yeah. I don't know. This this movie was weird. Um like the first person like obviously uh this isn't the first time that She's killed, but, like, when Julie kills the first person, like, on screen in the movie, it's basically an accident. Uh-huh. Uh, but then it's, like, she gets a taste for it, and he's, she's just like, oh, here I go killing again. <laughs> it's a Mar Vista movie. I mean, that that's that's all it's you really Mar need Vista to know about It's a Mar Vista movie. It. Yeah. Why didn't we do Mar Vista Quarantine? <laughs> because <laughs> uh, we would have killed yeah. ourselves yeah and also because netflix kept producing content also that all right um let's never talk about this again sure. uh what would you give home is where the killer is uh, i'm gonna give one and a half just for the acting yeah yeah one and a half is fine otherwise it, uh dog shit movie yeah it's just it's just lazy all right uh, next week on the show, we are doing a review for Netflix's first. Well, actually, that's not true because we had uh, Spike uh, Spike Lee's Defy Bloods earlier this year. But uh, 
It's uh, it's coming to be Oscar season, so that means that Netflix is going to start putting out their Oscar content. So uh, we are going to do a review of The Trial of the Chicago 7. And in the back right. half of that, we're doing a dick pick. So I forget whose turn it is to do the dick pick. Uh, I think my turn. I, I believe it's your turn, but I could be wrong. I pulled it up just in case. And I have a pick, just in case, but I'm fairly confident to you. Oh my god. Okay. I hope you get a specific thing so we can get a specific movie now, because I didn't realize this was on <laughs> Netflix. Well, I hate to disappoint. Eh, if you disappoint, it's fine. I live my life in perte- perpetual disappointment. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I also do that. Alright, uh... <laughs> My word was wire, and that brought me to Tim Allen Rewires America, a comedy special. Why have you done this? Starring Tim Allen. Why? 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 Uh, (laughs) uh, It appears to be vintage, so... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe uh maybe the following week we can watch Gallagher smash some fucking watermelons. Oh, thank God, it's 29 minutes. Yeah, it's short. So. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Here's your sign. That's a different guy. Um so yeah, we'll get to have lots of good jokes about tools for next week. I get the double entendre. <laughs> You'll get to hear me go about 30 times. Perfect. <sighs> All right. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. Now you can find us at NetflixAndSwill.com, NetflixAndSwill.com slash Apple Podcast. It takes you to our Apple Podcast page where you can review our show. Uh, NetflixAndSwill.com slash Patreon and Netflix, or Patreon.com slash NetflixAndSwill. We'll take you to our Patreon page where you can contribute to us at any dollar level and be like the asshole Nick. Uh, who gave us a fucking Marvista movie to watch. Uh, you can do that quarterly up until a certain point to where it no longer makes sense to do it quarterly, uh, which will be like one or two more patrons at that level, in which case we'll have to go for like every half a year, which is like, sorry, but... That's Biannually. A, that's how it's going to have to go. I can't remember which one's which. I think it's semi. By by means two, semi means half. Yeah. And actually, uh, according to Final Fantasy logic, it should be Demi, because that's the, the spell that reduces your HP by half. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Oh, listen to our all the horror episode. We did a top five Netflix original horror movies. Gerald was upset by that. Also, over on our Patreon series is uh, Gerald Makes Dan Watch the Halloween Franchise. We're coming towards the end. Uh... We're going to be watching both Rob Zombie movies and then Halloween 2018, and that is going to close the book on that series. And then we will almost immediately move into the Harry Potter series, where I make Gerald watch Harry Potter for the first time. And let me tell you something. One of us is being very nice to the other by making them watch Harry Potter. It's me. I'm I'm being very nice by making Gerald watch well, Harry Potter. Well, yeah, you're the one making him watch Harry Potter, so you implied the, that. The, so. the the point is, is that the Halloween franchise is some garbage. And Harry Potter is also a collection of movies that were made. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs>
Uh, they're very popular. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, which is titled Bitter Beer in a Very Small Bottle. Bitter Cream Ale. That's it. I hope you liked the show. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.